Sheep create local jobs. They reduce production risks and offer a dual income, amongst many other benefits. But if you're listening to this, you're probably a sheep fan already. That's right, this is The Yarn. It's a podcast for the Australian wool industry. I'm Marius Cumming, and in this episode, we hear about a fascinating trial that looks to open up and explore the tremendous production and profitability of the Australian Merino within a cropping enterprise. Craig Wilson appeared in episode 74 of The Yarn. He runs a Merino genetic consultancy. He's also the convener of Australia's largest ever commercial evaluation of Merino genetics, the Peter Westblade Memorial Merino Challenge. But he's now also involved with the Australian Merino Lamb Trial. It involves teams of 25 weather lambs from 25 different commercial properties. Now, whilst grazing cereal crops, they've put on up to 30 kilograms in just three months, not to mention the wool. Not bad, given you can harvest the crop at the end as well. So who wouldn't be excited by such a production system? So here's Craig Wilson, who's obviously keen to get young people keen on cropping to consider sheep as well. I see it as a a wonderful way of uh, taking some risk out of the cropping business and um, value-adding the lambs. Um, And it just feels like a really good synergy to me um, on both sides. So I think there's a lot to gain um, in a a sort of whole systems approach with this kind of information. Given the variation within the teams that you've uh, been trialling, does that suggest that there is... uh, significant genetic gain to be had from uh, getting the genetics right? Yeah, I think so. Well, I know so, really. Um, The difference with this trial is that it will run for six months, so we will do all the um, individual gains and the team gains off the pasture. We'll actually measure measure the grazing crops and um, see what they're doing in terms of profitability. But... I guess the difference with this trial is that these guys will also be shorn with six months wool. So um, I'm, it's just going to be fascinating just the, the production that we're going to get when these, these lambs have had a, such a terrific time. So we'll, we'll be able to bring all of that information back to net profitability per head and per team on a wool side and then we'll actually process the weather's... Um, a little while after that and um, do all the full carcass data as well. So, um, you know, within a short period of time, people are going to have a lot of information. Um, but it, it should really, I think the, the thing I find exciting about it really is, you know, we're really going to see what's possible and some of these new type genetics that have been floating through the merino industry, um, it's just amazing what they're able to achieve. You know, as in individual sheep, as I said, that are put on 30 kilos, well, that equates to well over 300 grams a day for three months. It's just amazing what they'll do. So, you know, and and I've got no doubt at all, some of these teams, when we shear them, you know, they'll be 16 and a half micron um, under full feet. So, yeah, it's quite extraordinary, really. 300 grams a day grazing as opposed to no grain is is quite incredible, isn't it? Uh, I noticed that a lot of the genetics in the trial... um, uh, they're not from WA or South Australia, which are generally the genetics that are used in, in cropping enterprises. Yeah, that's probably fair to say. Um, 
Yeah, well, there's enough diversity really in the bloodlines there to get some real, real differences, um, bloodline differences. So, yeah, uh, look, I think, you know, the Merino has evolved, has really evolved in the last, as everyone should know, in the last 20 years, has it's fundamentally changed. And, um, you know, we've sort of got this wonderful, beautiful wool fibre and also, a, you know, a another product which is the is the lamb which um again is is not a inferior product it's actually coming up really well when a lot of stuff we do with um uh looking at eating quality and sheer force and ph and um and the other big thing for merinos is that at, at decent weights they're not getting too fat so um yeah it's quite exciting really Yes, we should give a bit of a plug to Dave Pethick and his work uh, uh, in WA and with MLA uh, to the superior eating quality of uh, merino lambs. It's certainly something that's um, going to be folded into this quite well. Tell us, Craig, a little about um, the grazing crops or the grazing systems that you've used in this trial because you've you've had a couple. Yeah, sure. We've we've got um, so we we've got sort of a full measure of costs. So we've used a mixed species grazing crop um, which was direct drilled into uh, a long term. Uh, so the paddock we actually went into had been cropped for 15 years, uh, every continuously cropped. So it was kind of, in my view, a, a really good way of those that might be looking to get into some, some of this stuff to go, well, actually, you know, our country's been cropped for a long time. So all we've really done is just drilled, drilled straight in with a mixed species I think there's actually 11, 11 different species there. Um, and it's been fascinating, really, to, to with the grazing patterns of what the sheep have eaten and what they've left behind. Um, what we're finding, really, is, is sort of rotationally grazing, so they're taking some away and then leaving some behind. Um, yeah, so there's that. And then we're also doing, uh, just currently, the weather's are on a... Uh, a grazing crop, which will, which is a winter wheat with uh, tillage radish and vetch. Um, now they're grazing there at the moment. They'll be taken off shortly, and then the uh, tillage radish and the vetch will be taken out of the crop, and the crop will be harvested. Um, so we're measuring that as well, um, just looking at sort of grain recovery. Um, yeah, I guess sort of attacking things from a few different angles, Marius. But um, what's fascinating is just having that diversity of plants for the sheep to eat um, is, is the animal health is just terrific. The, the lambs look uh, look awesome and, you know, there's very little spoiling, um, dung spoiling, um, yeah, and, and the stock health is, yeah, as I say, the stock health is just fantastic. Well, it certainly uh, got me and on when I saw it on um, Twitter, Craig, the... Uh, when you're running the, they're running the the weathers from one 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 paddock to the other, and um, just seeing, I don't know, it must be fifteen hundred or so weathers uh, in one one mob, and looking looking just uh, immaculate. It really um, it warms your heart as a sheep person. So, what are the what, what are you hoping that uh, cropping people get from this? Because I mean, we we've been speaking a bit on the yarn about getting sheep back into the sheep wheat belt, and the barriers are. Numerous, uh, particularly amongst younger people that um, are a bit livestock averse. What are the barriers that you're hoping to get over with this particular trial? 
Yeah, well, look, I, I would think for some people it's like a good way to get into sheep uh, potentially could be buying some weather lambs and then um, just sort of for them to get a bit of experience back through running sheep and they're, they're very easy to look after um, and then, you know, they might do that for a couple of years and then get the confidence to go and buy some ewes. Um, I think it's probably quite a good way for them to get into sheep that way um, just to, I guess, learn. But what we're hoping to do with this or what we will do with this trial is actually quantify the whole thing. So, you know, they can then go, well, here's the gross margin on on this and here's the gross margin on my canola and this is the gross margin on my on my other crops and um, I can see this working Um yeah, because when you crunch the numbers, Marish, like what we've seen so far, these these weathers on on very on quite um, without overstating it, they're they're putting on sort of over five dollars a head at, um, in in just meat alone a week. Um, you know, it's sort of been run. Oh, the stocking rate varies, but you're running ten to the hectare. That's sort of you know fifty bucks a fifty bucks a hectare a week. Um, and if you're doing it, you know, if you might do it for 12, 10 to 12 weeks with sort of five to $600 a hectare without even considering the uh, wool side of it. So, you know, I think if people can use livestock back into their cropping business and pay for all of their input costs in their cropping business um, and just see the, the crop as a, as a bonus or as a, uh, as a profit, um, I just, I just kind of like that like that viewpoint um uh just with a you know in, in a, as a risk as a risk management tool in a business um yeah and grazing crops i mean there's been a, a bit of work done on that through grain and graze of course and um, cam nicholson in victoria certainly looked at a lot of that uh, in terms of compromising the crop you do have to be a little careful around growth taking off um grazing at, at, at certain growth stages though don't you yeah, you certainly do. So it's uh, all of these things revolve around good management decisions. So you still need good agronomy. You know, you need good weed control. You need to understand um, what you're trying to get out of it. Um, so, uh, yeah, look, it's all very... I mean, I find it very interesting. Um, I think, oh yeah, hopefully, hopefully, you know, uh, the industries that being whether it's cattle or sheep, it's prime lambs or cropping, you know, I, I just, I'm a real firm believer of synergies and um, using different plants and different animals at different times to, to do different things. Um, I just, yeah, um, fundamentally, I just reckon that's that's the way to go um, for the long term. And, and the other wonderful thing, I think, getting sheep back into cropping country is really good for the communities. Um, it's a great way to get people back into communities. You know, you need shearers, you need labour, you need people, and um, yeah, we need more people back in rural industry, really in rural towns. Uh, so I'd, I'd like to see that happen. Yes, there's a few of us in that boat, and of course, um, as you say, yeah, sheep certainly do employ people. Um, in terms of the system, I mean, it, it, it's, uh, it sounds very enticing to potentially pay for your um, cropping input costs with uh, 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 Merino Weather Enterprise. Um, so you're looking at, would you say, buying um, 
Marino weather lambs at uh, four or five months of age and looking to sell them uh, before they cut their teeth? Yeah, I, I think, I, you know, I suppose we're just talking about one one part of the system and, you know, ideally you'd like to see people actually, you know, potentially run a self-replacing, self-replacing flock. Um, that probably would be the long-term goal, Marius, hopefully, but... You know, this might be just a way of people getting into something and, and understanding, you know, building up their stock stock skills. Uh, but, yeah, the, the turnaround's really quite quick. I mean, you, you can go and buy large lines of weather lambs from from breeders and, you know, bring them home, um, shear them, um, put them potentially on these grazing crops and then have them away in time to lock the grazing crops up Um and you know you you might have shorn them twice, um, and again with these new type genetics, Reno genetics, is uh, no reason you can't or we've proven what sort of growth um, you can put on them. So uh, yeah, and and, and uh, again with the you know the the risk management tool, I think is a really important one for for cropping businesses. And um, in my experience. Um, you know, we've used grazing canolas and grazed them and actually got better yields from the grazing canolas than the traditional canolas because we've we've taken the flowering time out of the frost um, frost um, frost period. So um, two years in a row, the grazing canolas outyielded the um, the traditional canola simply that we've extended the season. So I guess those all those other things that you know people should be mindful of but yeah uh, again on the other side of it though it's um i just think it's i see so much opportunity for people to um you know have good have good genetics in their sheep um and how much more money that makes them um i've been doing it for so long and talking about it for so long but it's it's just something that you know, people don't really struggle to understand the effect that um management and nutrition have on sheep and how they look, um, and it's quite hard to know what your genetic capacity is, and that's why we go to so much trouble to sort of create a level playing field to, to measure these things. So, How do people find out more about this trial? And obviously it's coming to uh, uh, to a conclusion fairly shortly. And what is, what is the next one? You're really opening up a lot of doors here. Yeah, uh, look, this report will be publicly available to, for people... Um, we're very keen to spread the information and that's what it's about in my view. Um, we intend to run a ne- another trial um, starting uh, in the autumn next year with the 2020 drop uh, lambs. Uh, the view there, uh, Morris, is to run a really large-scale trial and run those weathers in two different environments. So that would be a pastoral zone and then a probably more of a wheat sheep or tablelands zone um, and split split every team in half and run them out those in, in those different environments and then just measure the um, measure the difference I guess between the, the two groups and just see what that effect has on on genetics um, uh, that's something that's real I'm really I'm really interested in I um, you know my clients are spread across all different zones um, and there's kind of been this thing about, you know, you need to run those sheep here and you need to run those sheep there. I would, I'm really interested to see how the rankings 
would change based on um, a different environment. So that's that's kind of something I'm really interested in. Well, Craig, thank you very much for uh, joining us on The Yarn today. Congratulations on a, a fascinating um, trial. We look forward to the results and uh, your sort of continued pushing of the boundaries. <laughs> thank you, Maris. Anytime, I'm um, always willing to uh, willing to help, and, um, and particularly young people, Maris. I think I, I know I keep going on about it, but they're the future, and you know we need to get this information out to those young people either coming back onto farms and having their discussion, having discussions with their parents about where they're at, um, it's just so important and they make really good decisions early because they can set themselves up for life if they do it. Um, so that's really keen to get this information out to people and hopefully it's, it's really worthwhile. Good one. Thanks for having you on with us. No problem. So that's Craig Wilson. And needless to say, the Australian Merino Lamb Trial is conducted by Craig Wilson and Associates, supported by Fletcher International Exports and Sally Martin Consulting and Moses and Son Woolbrokers. A thought-provoking episode, and naturally you can follow the trial online, has some amazing photographs with it. It sounds like it certainly will be ongoing as well, as is The Yarn, this podcast. And we love your feedback and the ideas that you have. Send them through to theyarn at wool.com. Okay, from me, Marius Cumming, thanks again for listening and I look forward to your company again soon.